Well, good morning. How's everyone? Doing good? Y'all rested up? So we're in week two of From This Day Forward, speaking into marriage. Today is Fight Fair. My wife and I thought we would just do something absolutely insane as we led up to this Sunday of Fight Fair. In case you don't know, here's how our last week looked. As soon as Easter service, the second one was over, which, by the way, just want to commend you, church, for your passion and your worship and your love for other people, your invitations to other people. We had over 1,000 people on campus last week for Easter, so praise God for that. We celebrate that. Thank you for inviting so many friends, and thank you for coming back today. And uh, so anyway, after the second gathering was over, uh, we changed clothes, and our family, all six of us, hopped in our vehicle, and we drove straight through nonstop to Orlando, Florida, so that we could go to Disney World. We got up Monday morning, and we went to the Magic Kingdom. We went to Disney World on Monday. We went there on Tuesday. We went there on Wednesday. We went there on Thursday, and we went there on Friday, and then we drove straight back yesterday, and here we are. It's an awesome time. So here's what things looked like when the Disney people were taking our picture. Here we are. We're all happy. We're smiling. Here's what it looked like when somebody else was taking our picture. And that was not staged by me. That was the middle of the day. I sat down. I was out. My kids were playing some kind of game, and my daughter decided she'd put them on my head. And anyway, so we fought. I don't know if we fought fair, but we fought this week. Uh, but we're back. We're still married. We're still happily married. Yeah? Because as you know, not only does marriage bring challenges, but parenting, like, puts it to another level, right? And so uh, needless to say, uh, we had a lot of things to navigate this week. So I don't know if what I'm going to tell you today is how to do it as much as what to do, because I don't know if I'm a good example this week or not, uh, but we're going to lean into this, and I'm really looking uh, forward to it. Um, we started this series last week on Sunday. I know it was kind of a curveball, right? You're expecting Jesus got up from the grave, and we talked about that. And by the way, Jesus was alive last Sunday, and he's alive today too. And we believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings hope into our lives. And specifically, we're speaking the hope of the resurrection into marriages over the next uh, couple of weeks and so it's just so cool. We, we spent a week of make-believe, I guess, but I think we're more excited to get back today to what we really believe and to worship with you and to celebrate with you. A lot of neat um, text and uh, interactions on Facebook um, and social media with you guys this week. Somebody texted me this week and said their husband was uh, throwing deuces their way all week, giving them the number two. In case you weren't here last week, uh, that husband was reminding their wife that they were their number two, right? Because God is a what? God is our one, and we committed to seek him as our one with our two. A lot of you participated as well in sending pics in. There were tons of them. Only going to show a few of them on the screen this morning. Um, there they are. Um, you can see some of them, and if you want to go on social media and look at these a little bit closer, but up in the top left there, we've got the Hardings, and then we got the McLaughlins in the middle up top, and the Langfords, and then down the bottom left, uh, the Bradfords, um, the Tullys, and then the Callaways. And so I don't know if you can um, see this picture on the bottom or not, but this one I think was the first one that popped up. And I don't know if you know it or not, but Dean Callaway is older than most of you. I don't want to say all of you, but most of you, and I say that respectfully. And she hopped on social media like immediately and posted her pic. And here's what it says. I don't know if you can see it. It says, married February 25th, 1956, 
at Holland Chapel. And she was married to her loving husband. It says 48 years, 10 months, and 11 days. Is that not beautiful? Is that not beautiful? It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, her husband went home to be with the Lord uh, a, a few years back, and she's just still loving Jesus and seeking him, and she's a joy uh, in my life. Um, also, I want to speak into these pictures just a little bit. Uh, there's a husband in one of these pictures that I've just watched grow spiritually a ton over the last couple years. Uh, one of these husbands in this picture, uh, literally a couple years ago, didn't even pray out loud, even with his family, just didn't pray out loud. Um, when one of his kids um, talked about needing to receive Jesus, uh, they called one of our pastors, and one of our pastors uh, led one of their children to Jesus. But this guy has grown so much that one of his other children uh, needed to receive Jesus lately. He didn't call one of the pastors. He took the lead. He led his child to Jesus, and he's leading his family spiritually today. He and his wife, as all of these are, are seeking the Lord together. And I think that is beautiful, and it's wonderful, wonderful to see. Also, don't have a picture on the screen for you, but there's one more I want to tell you about really quick. Um, we had a death in our church family this past week. Uh, Leon Edmondson went home to be with the Lord this week. Uh, you may or may not have known him. Incredible man. The really neat thing I want to tell you about is that his wife, Jean, went home to be with the Lord less than three months ago. Less than three months ago. They were married just shy of 70 years. Just shy of 70 years. Does that give you some hope? Man, it gives me some hope. And you just watch how so many others in this room have been loving each other and loving the Lord together, seeking the Lord uh, together. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I want to remind you of where we've been, where we're going. Uh, week one, last week, uh, we talked about seek God. Can you say that with me? Say, seek God. And so hopefully a lot of you took that seriously. And you began to seek the Lord together day after day. And today, we're going to talk about fight fair. So say that with me. Fight fair. Here's the deal. We all fight. The question is not if we fight. It's how we fight. And we want to learn and make sure that we're fighting fair. And the next week, we're going to talk about never give up. Never give up. Up. Got a couple of verses to get this thing going with. The first one's going to come from Proverbs 27. Then we're going to lean in heavy in the book of James. But the first one comes from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 15. You'll see it on your screen. Here's what it says. Uh, men, you can grunt if you want to, but be careful. Um, a quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. The word of God, people. Ever had one of those leaking faucets? I didn't ask if you had one of those annoying wives. I said, have you ever had drip, 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 drip? It won't stop. That's the word of God. I've got another one for you. It's not going to be on the screen. Um, better to have an ongoing case of the hemorrhoids than to be married to a jerk. That one's for you, ladies. You're asking where that's found. That's found in 2 Kyle chapter 12, verse number 3. Here's the big idea we want you to get today. It's in your notes. We're going to put it on the screen for you, and that is this. Healthy couples, okay, very important. Healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight for victory. 
Healthy couples fight for resolution. Like you're fighting, but you're fighting to stay together. You're fighting to get on the same page. You're fighting for the truth. You're not fighting necessarily to be right or to win. You're fighting to be together. Unhealthy couples are fighting as well, but they're just fighting to win and they're fighting for victory. They're fighting to be right. They're fighting to show you how you're wrong. And so it's a quick kind of test to look at your own marriage right now and say, why do we fight? How do we fight? Do we fight for resolution? Or do we fight merely to say we were right? That's a quick way to learn whether you're healthy or unhealthy. Now, if you're healthy and this is how you fight, praise God for that. Praise God for that. If you're like, man, we're just unhealthy. We just, it's about me. And it's about them, and it's not about us. I pray that today something will shift in your heart by way of the Spirit of God that can change us and to make something beautiful out of us to become fighting for resolution. So again, it's not if you fight. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have things that you don't see things the same way. In fact, people that tell me they don't fight, I'm like, are you breathing? I mean, you know, like, do you, do you communicate ever? I mean, it's called life. And the things that we're talking about to what today as well, like even if you're not married or you've got other relationships that you want to put some good principles towards, this is going to be good, good stuff for you. It's going to be good stuff. It's about how we go about it. Look at James chapter 1, verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. It's going to be on the screen. There's also some Bibles under the seat in front of you, uh, somewhere there if you want to find one. James chapter 1. And verse 19. This is the verse we really want to key in on today. James chapter 1, verse 19. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. So very important to um, think about and to remember and to understand who we are in this moment as followers of Jesus. We belong to God who is our Father by our faith in Jesus who died for us, bled and suffered there on the cross and came back from the dead. And because of that, we are brothers and sisters with one another. And so we treat each other according to the way God wants us to treat one another. So this is great stuff for you in any interaction with others, but it's really, really good stuff for us to remember and how we belong to the Father first and to our spouse second, and how we're supposed to interrelate. And here's what it says. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Will you read that verse beginning with the word you with me? You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Let's read it one more time. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Slow to get angry. Wow. So the book of James that we're reading is a book to believers on how we are supposed to act and interact with others if we're followers of Christ and the Spirit of God lives inside of us. And here's one thing you got to understand about the Word of God. When the Word of God tells you to do something, like we're reading about here in James chapter 1, it's telling you to do something the Word of God is approaching this knowing that the only way that you can do this is through the power of the Spirit of God. So if you're not a believer, I want to urge you to place your faith in Jesus for all kinds of reasons, for salvation, of course, and for rescue and for heaven. 
But for doing life together, you need Jesus so that you can get the Spirit of God to empower you to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And those are our three rules that we want to establish this morning for fighting fair. You're going to see that spot in your notes. You're going to see them on the screen. Three rules for fighting fair. They came straight from the Scripture. Number one, quick to listen. Number two, slow to speak. And number three, slow to get angry. I know you read those with me, but if you're like me, you're a little bit slow to get this stuff in. So let's say it again. Help me out. The first one is what? Quick to listen. The second one's what? Slow to speak. And the third one is slow to get angry. Now here's what I think. I think one of those probably jumped off the screen bigger than another one for some of you. And so let's unpack these and see what God wants us to learn. Well, as we think about being quick to listen, what are we normally quick to do? Heard some answers. I think we're quick to respond. I think a lot of us are quick to ignore. And it's so much easier today than ever to ignore. It used to it just to be about the remote in your hand. Well, now you've got your remote in your hand and your smart device in your other hand, right? And we're just tuned out completely. Quick, fast, ready to listen and to be attentive. Some of us just talk too much. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. It's going to come on the screen for you. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And so I'm a person that talks a lot. It's just kind of who I am, and that may be your personality too. But man, let this speak into the talkers in the room. Be careful not to always just be ready to air your own opinions. Everybody's got them, right? We won't finish that one, but yes, we've all got them. Sometimes we need to keep them to ourselves, especially with our spouse. And Oh, all the time I'm walking around saying to myself and asking God to help me not to talk so much, but to listen more, to listen more. We ought to be quick to listen, to stop, to pause, to give eye contact, to open our ears, and to literally say, what are you saying? To show that we value what our spouse is saying and that we want to hear what they have to say, not just so that we can respond, but so that we can hear it. Oh, God, give us grace to do that. Number two, slow to speak, slow to to speak. Look at Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, coming on the screen. Of course, you're welcome to open your Bibles and look there. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 23. Watch your tongue. Keep an eye on it. Keep it in check. And keep your mouth shut. And you will stay out of trouble. Huh. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Um, the, uh, the S word at our house is shut up. We don't, we don't say that at our house. We don't say shut up. Uh, the word of God comes pretty close here. Is that okay that, since it's the Bible? We, we, don't, we, try not, we try to say be quiet or don't talk or hush. Uh, but here it just makes it really plain, like keep your mouth shut. How much further would we get in life in our Marriage in particular, if we just were willing to talk less and listen more and listen more. Here's a couple of um, 
questions you ought to ask yourself when it comes to speaking. First question is this, should I say this? Like in general, like is it good for me to say this? Or would it be better for me to just not say anything at all? What's that old rule grandma used to tell us? If you don't have anything good to say, nice to say, don't say anything at all. Wow, I think myself, I would speak a lot less if I just wouldn't speak things um, that were not nice. I'd just pause on that. Should I say this? Now here's the next question maybe you ought to ask yourself. Should I say this now? Timing's important, isn't it? Timing's important. Should I say this now? There are good times to say some good things, and there are bad times to say things. Should I say this now? Is it good timing? And so if you're like me and you talk a lot, you potentially say things you shouldn't say, and you say things at times that you shouldn't say them. So let's pause and say, should I say this and should I, should I say this now? Let me give you a few more helpful rules within this idea of speaking less, okay? Okay, number one, never, when you're interacting with your spouse, never call names. Now, I'm not talking about Pookie or Dumplin'. If you want to go there, whatever, you got your little name, that's great. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being... Um, rude and being undercutting with, with name calling. Just don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Number two, never raise your voice. And I'm here to tell you, I struggle with this one because I'm loud when I'm happy and I'm loud when I'm mad, right? So I'm always loud. So on this one, I kind of put a little caveat with it, and you might want to put it out there for you. For me, like what this one says to me is not so much about the level of my voice, even though that's important. But for me, I put out here beside this the word tone. Anybody got a tone issue? Like you got a tone? If you have a tone, your spouse has probably told you you have a tone. Well, I have a tone. I know I have a tone. And sometimes I just give it and I'm not paying any attention. And what I'm saying is good. The timing is good. But how I'm saying it is not good. So never raise your voice, and in particular, be careful with your tone. Do you know what I need right now? I need the Spirit of God to help me with my wife to not give her a tone that is disrespectful, undercutting, rude, all those things that it can be. Oh, I need the Spirit of God, and maybe you do too. Well, he's available, and he wants to shape us, and he wants to make us into something we can't be on our own. Number three, never get historical. We could have put hysterical, but never get historical. If you find yourself always bringing up the past, you're probably not fighting fair. You're probably not fighting fair. What if every time we went to God about something, he brought up our past? You know what we'd, we'd quit doing? We'd quit going to God, wouldn't we? If every time God brought up our past, I mean, if he just put up the big screen, like, you remember this? Uh-huh, yep, I remember it, right? We'd quit going to him. Never get historical, and I know that's hard, and that's going to take some serious, like, restraint. It's going to take the Spirit of God to help me and to help you not get historical. And as I'm giving you these rules and these ideas, you've got to understand I'm a guy standing before you that doesn't always follow them the way that I should. Oh, but God's, by God's grace, may we do it for our marriage's sake. Number four, never say never or always. Anybody guilty? You don't have to raise your hand. Somebody said always, right? <laughs> 
Never say never or always. Well, you always. Really, you always? You know what always means? Always means always, right? Always. It's such strong, like, um, language to use that's probably not true. Never say never and never say always. Number five, probably the most important one on here, never quote your pastor. (laughs) Do not bring me in the middle of it, all right? Please don't. Please don't. Uh, Number three, this one's huge. Number three, slow to get angry. Uh, we're going to get angry. Um, it's part of who we are. It's um, part of how God made us. It's part of our emotional makeup. Some of us have a greater tendency to it than others. Some of us express it differently than others. Some of us suppress it differently than others. But the Word of God, James chapter 1, says, Be slow to get angry. If we're going to be slow to get angry, again, it's going to take the Spirit of God living inside of us to do that very thing. Now, on the the smaller scale of things that we get angry about, you know, like, um, I don't know, how the dishwasher gets loaded or whatever, uh, you just need to let go of that and just say, come on, move on, right? That's what you need to tell yourself, not your spouse. You need to tell yourself that. Just, I mean, right, don't, don't we get angry about the silliest things? Glad the men are responding. Thank you. Thank you. I feel not alone right now. But on the bigger things, some of the things where you've been hurt by your spouse um, because it happens. They said something that was sharp. They did something that was hurtful. They didn't do something they said they would do. They failed you. They really, really, really tore you in half. Wow. Again, this idea of being slow to get angry. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to share with you a verse of scripture that uh, my wife and I many years ago um, decided to just do and to implement into our lives when it comes to um, interacting with one another. And uh, it's hard. It's not easy. But look at what chapter 4 of Ephesians verse 26 says. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. And let me just pause here for just a moment. The Word of God makes it very clear that it's not a sin to get angry. Okay? It's not sinful to get angry. Now, we got to be careful about what we get angry about, and we got to be careful about how we express or unleash our anger. Okay? But when anger gets control of you, I guarantee you, you have moved into a safe place of anger, into a dangerous, sinful place of anger. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Okay? Then it goes on. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives foothold to the devil. I want to back up. I want you to see the latter part of verse number 26 again. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. The way my wife and I have applied this to our marriage is that we are not going to go to sleep mad at each other. Now, there's been a few times where we didn't sleep for a few days. And I don't know about you, but if I'm mad at my wife or she's mad at me, I don't sleep good anyway. 
And you know how you fight in bed? You know how it works? You assume the position. You know what the position is, right? Back to back. Right? And one of you potentially is the silent one, right? Like you don't move. You don't breathe. You just, you're there, but you don't want them to know you're there. Like you disappear, and that's how you like reveal that you're angry. And then others of us are the huffers. You know, we let the silence set in, and then we huff, and then we yank the covers, you know, and we don't give any warm foot in that area over there, you know, like we're over here and you stay over there and we, right? How many of you, just be honest, like you're, 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 when you get angry, you're kind of, you're the silent one. Anybody? Anybody? You're like, I'm the silent one. I'm not going to respond to that. I'm silent right now because you're talking about me. And I'm... How many huffers in the room? You huffed when I talked about huffers, didn't you? <laughs> I'm a huffer. You know what we need? Silent or the huffing type. We need the Spirit of God to help us turn towards each other. And how are we going to consistently turn towards each other? By carrying out what we said last week, seeking God together. If you pray, you've got to turn the same direction. You've got to turn towards Jesus. And as you turn towards Jesus, you find yourself turning towards one another in grace. And it's what we desperately, desperately need. And again, it may cost you some sleep, but it could save your marriage. If you will say, you know what? I'm not going to go to sleep mad at my spouse. If I have to stay up, I'll stay up. But we're going to work through this. And somehow we are going to figure out how to seek God together and find resolution and find grace in this moment. Seek God together. As you're seeking God and you're praying, all of a sudden you just, you're not fighting below the belt anymore. You find yourself fighting fair in the presence of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Look at what the Word of God goes on to tell us in Ephesians chapter 4. Drop down to verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Check this out. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Well, how am I going to forgive my spouse? Because I've been forgiven. How are you going to forgive your spouse? Because through Jesus, you have been forgiven. Guess what happens when we turn and we seek God together and we end up at the feet of Jesus. We end up on level ground. And we're reminded of how we have been forgiven of everything that we have done that is sinful and unholy and unrighteous. And because of the forgiveness that we have received, we can extend forgiveness to the one that we call our spouse, the one that we made a commitment to, a vow to, a covenant to for the rest of our lives. Now, again, I know for some of you in this room, we're talking about little petty stuff this morning. And it's just a little bitty, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some of you in this room, it's massive and it's colossal in size what you're dealing with right now. How they have betrayed you potentially. 
How they have gone in direction that you never thought that they would. And you're at that crossroads like, I don't know if I can forgive them or not. I don't know if I want to forgive them or not. I don't know if it's possible for me for to, give, for, to forgive them or not. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, oh, may He just flood this place today, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Here's what I would suggest to you, especially if you're struggling big time right now with your spouse, something that's happened, something they've done, something they didn't do, something you thought they never would do. All the other married people in the room that are in this room right now are still married because at some point in their life, they faced a crisis or crises, multiple, that you're facing right now. And they chose to apply this verse to their marriage and to extend forgiveness. Can I get an amen from the still married people in the room? I mean, this woman right here, we're, we're still married because of the grace that we experienced from Jesus and the grace that he gave us to extend toward one another. And I don't say this in jest at all. She's extended so much more grace to me because she had to. And because she could, then I've had to extend to her, but it's all been through Jesus. It's all been through Jesus. And we believe that no matter what you're dealing with, what you're going through right now, that God's got enough grace for you. And for some of you, you may be like, this is so huge, this is so big. Listen, don't let this little talk today, this sermon today, be the end of this conversation for you. For some of you, you need to get some serious help that's Jesus-focused, gospel-centered to help you through what you're going through right now. And if you're going through really tough stuff, if you're in danger right now, I'm not making little of that at all. It's a very, very big deal. And we want to get you help, and we want you to be safe. But ultimately, we want you to experience the grace of God in your life, and we want you to ultimately experience it in marriage. There's some words that I think we need to practice saying uh, that we just need to get in the habit of. I'm constantly trying to teach them to my kids. I don't know if it's sticking yet because I have to remind them over and over and over and over again. And I'm not going to assume that since you're grown and that since you're married that you've learned how to say these words when you ought to and as often as you ought to. So again, not assuming that, I'm just going to go out there and say we need to learn how to say this over and over. And here, here it is. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I was wrong. Please forgive me. You want to practice this morning? Huh? I think we probably need to. Let's go. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Whew. Those are hard words to say, aren't they? They're huge Huge words to say. Notice I didn't say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. Please forgive me. Now, we got to respond to that if it's spoken to us, right? Don't say, you're right, you were wrong. <laughs> you could say that, but you probably shouldn't say that. How about let's practice our response, and I'm in this with you, and let's say these words. Thank you. I forgive you. 
Thank you, I forgive you. Let's do it. Thank you, I forgive you. If that would go on consistently in our marriages and in our lives, how much differently could our homes look? Grace, grace, grace. Something I really want you to know, three things are going to come on the screen. The first one is Satan, Satan is your enemy. I didn't say your spouse is your enemy. Satan is your enemy. He's real. He's alive. Sin and everything that comes with him is out to destroy you. He is your enemy. The reason why you have trouble in marriage is because Satan wants to destroy your marriage. And even if you think, well, my spouse did whatever, and I think that they want to destroy it, you've got to understand Satan was at the, the mastermind of all of it. He is your enemy. That person sitting next to you, or you wish they were sitting next to you right now, they're not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. Next on that, your spouse is your friend. Your spouse is your friend. They said, I do to you and I will to you because they love you and because they're for you and because they want to spend life with you. They are your friend. And maybe some of you need to be reminded of that this morning. You need to remind each other. Just go to, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. I'm for you. I'm with you. Your spouse is your friend. They are not your enemy. They are your friend. And then this last one is so huge. Jesus is your Defender. He is your defender. Let me tell you what Jesus is doing for you right now. He is fighting for you. He is fighting for your marriage. He is wanting you desperately to hear these feeble words that I'm trying to speak to you this morning because they're powerful and they're of the word of God. Jesus went to the cross for your sins, but listen to me. Jesus went to the cross for your marriage. He fought, and he bled, and he suffered, and he died for you. He fought, he bled, he suffered, he died for your marriage. He wants you to make it. He's defending you constantly. He's wanting to protect you. But some of us are making stupid, foolish decisions and saying, you know what? I'll go here, and I'll go there. I'll look at this. I'll look at that. I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them. And I'll do all these stupid, sinful things that is eventually going to destroy our marriage. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It's the reason why your heart right now is being gripped with conviction about your sin if it's in your life. Because it will destroy you, and it will destroy your marriage. And Jesus is like, no, it's not what I want for you. I didn't rescue you out of your sin so you could go back into it. I rescued you out of your sin so I could free you from it. And so that your marriage could become everything that it's supposed to be. And so that you could experience life the way I intended it for you. Jesus is your defender. James 1, I'm not going to read it, but it goes on. We were reading there in verse 19. I think it's verse 21. It talks about the word of God and how it's able to save your souls. Well, I believe that it's able to save your souls because the word of God is Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And I also believe that it's able to save your marriages. I believe he's able to do that. And that's what we see in the incredible, incredible word of God.
As we think about fighting fair, we think about Satan being our enemy, we think about our spouse being our friend, and we think about Jesus being our defender. Would you consider responding to Jesus and what he has for you this morning? Not my words, but his word and how powerful it is and can be in your life if you'll simply submit to it. What we want to do right now is we want to take a moment. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes. I want to speak to you as married couples for just a moment. And I want to speak to all of you. And after this time uh, that I speak to you with your head bowed, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. Married couples in the room. Would you commit today to follow God's word? And God's spirit and fight fair. It'd be great if you reached and grabbed your spouse's hand right now in this moment and just started expressing that to each other and to God. Like, man, I'm gonna, we're going to seek the word of God. We're going to ask for the spirit of God to come and to help us fight fair. Would you commit to fight for resolution together? Commit to fight for resolution. Would you commit to fight for the glory of God? Maybe you look at your life right now and married or not, your life just feels like a big fight, a big messy fight. Sometimes you feel like you win, but most of the time you feel like you lose. And maybe today is not a day for you to fight. Maybe today is a day for you to surrender. To surrender to Jesus. The one who loves you. The one who fights for you. The one who died for you. The one who rose again for you. And maybe for you, you just need to wave the white flag of surrender express your understanding of your sin and ask for the forgiveness of Jesus. And let me tell you what Jesus is going to do for you if you ask for his forgiveness. He's going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you. Oh, let him forgive you today. Let this day be a day that changes your life forever. And maybe you seem to pray, God, I can't do it anymore. Jesus, I need you. Here's my sin. Confess it. Please forgive me. Be my savior. Be my rescuer. Be my defender. I'm going to pray. In this prayer, we're going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to respond to Jesus. Father, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your word. Your word, which is truth. Thank you for those that were willing to open their hearts and open their ears and open their minds and listen to the word of God today. Father, for the married people in the room, I pray that you just help us through your Spirit's power to learn how to fight fair and to fight for resolution and to fight for your glory and for your namesake. Father, for anyone in this room that needs to surrender today and they need to become a believer, they need to become a follower of Jesus today, I pray that will happen as they place their trust in you and in you alone, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray.